I don't know why they would blow a hole in the country. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's June 2nd, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 205. This is no agenda. Fighting the war against beer. And coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West on a Wednesday in the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, what turns out to be a foggy, the fog is rolling in as I speak, uh, Silicon Valley North. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning. In the morning to you and all the listeners. Yes. Did you tweet anything? Yes, I tweeted, yes. And to all the ships at sea. Even if you're being uh, boarded by Israelis. (laughs) We say in the morning to you. In the morning to them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, while you're uh, talking about what we're going to talk about. I'm not talking about anything. talk about it eventually. Uh, I'm going to hit the Twitter thingy and then pass your message out. Okay, my message would be we are now live with No Agenda Show 205 at http colon slash slash noagendastream.com and noagendachat.com. Refresh your radios. And um, so we're doing the show Wednesday evening. Which is uh, different. We've done it with many a Wednesday. You're, I don't see your tweet. No, I oh, you didn't send one. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I tweeted. Uh, no, we, we used to, but I think it's been, yeah, it's man, been it's been like nine months. or ten. No, more than that. I think it's really? been much longer than that. Yeah. We, yeah. We've been, in fact, people are like, what? We're confused. And, and this morning I was uh, up early as usual. And uh, people oh. are on at like nine o'clock. Where's the show? Where's the show? <laughs> The show, the show's not till tomorrow. I know, but they heard you you say Wednesday, oh, and it was I see. unclear. So they assumed, yes. course, you know what happens when you assume. Yeah, yeah. I told you it was confusing, and you were like, well, "I told you." You know, our, our, our listeners aren't that stupid. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna, saying it's stupid. It was an honest mistake, and I can understand where people got confused. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah, logical. Well, that's good. At least they're thinking about us. Yes, this is true. So what are, what are you seeing this week that's at the top of the news? Well, at, what's at the top of the news or what's being covered up or what's the don't look over here, over there, look over here moment? Uh, there's, well, there's, that's kind of what's going on this week. We have yeah. every element. of, uh, of uh, Maybe we should uh, maybe we just play the jingle. Don't uh, look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Why don't we start in Gitmo Nation East just to ease into something people aren't expecting? Okay. So there's this, um, let me just find the, uh, the links here. So there's this, uh, this taxi driver yeah. who goes nuts in uh, Cumbria. Right, of all places. Well, uh, so I start looking at this. So let me just bring up the story here. Maniac kills 12 in gun rampage. So uh, a cabbie goes crazy. Kills 12 people, wounds another 14, 15, and this all happens in Cumbria. And, of course, uh, the, the, the towns are all on lockdown. Immediately there's talk about, uh, oh, you know, uh, no guns. How is this possible? We can't even have a gun. and We have to stop all this. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going, and, well, here's the, here's the thing that, that uh, grabbed my attention. In every single story... It makes a reference to the Dunblane shootings. And uh, the Dunblane shootings were somewhat north of Cumbria. Uh, and uh, this was when um, the guy went in and killed a whole bunch of kids. Remember that? Dunblane? No, I do not remember well, that. Well, we've actually talked about it on this show a couple of times. 
Dunblane was uh, we related this to the retarded girl who has been abused and who came out. Do you remember remember that whole story? Vaguely. Okay. So um, and and I actually had a lot of information uh, on that program, which is maybe maybe it was you know six seven eight months ago. Well, not even that long ago, probably. It was which a while. Doesn't have to be that long for you to not to remember it. Apparently. Huh. <laughs> oh, like you can't remember. I, I caught you on one the other day when I said asked you a question. You said I never heard of it, and then we talked about it two weeks earlier. Right. I didn't say I didn't Hot have calling old, the kettle black. I didn't say I didn't have old man syndrome. So, um, so I see all these references to Dumb Blaine. Now, the way they're they're playing it is, um, you know, this is the the largest amount of people killed by a lone gunman since Dumb Blaine. And Dumb Blaine, the way we deconstructed the story was um, the guy actually had to kill a number of these kids because they were being abused and uh, the story was starting to get out. So, on a fluke, I Google uh, Cumberland, uh, Cumbria um, child abuse. Oh, my God. So, what do we get? And this is all from the past three days, mind you. Hmm. Here's a report from uh, Tuesday. Oh, wait, that's not the right report. Here it is. Uh, this is from Wednesday, May 26. West Cumbrian vicar charged with 12 counts of making indecent pictures of children has been sent to Crown Court. Next article. Uh, this is from uh, the 30th of May. Internationally acclaimed organist found dead just days after facing sex child a uh, child sex charges. And we go on. This is from This is a good lucky shot on your part. Yeah, it is. Wednesday, thirty first of March. Uh Cumbrian man child sex and porn sentence delayed. And here's another one. Doctor. Uh this is actually from February. Neighbors of the high-flying Cumbrian doctor have been left in shock after he admitted downloading hundreds of child porn images. And then here's the best one. I just, I'm just loading these up here. Ex-Cumbria University boss spared prison for huge porn haul. And this is from Friday the 28th of May. So, two things possible. And, of course, we'll never know because the gunman then turned the gun on himself. It seems like there was a child, at least at the, at the very least, a child pornography ring going on in Cumbria. Uh, at the worst, perhaps, child sex abuse. All these guys are being brought to justice. They're all saying, okay, I did it. Okay, I downloaded porn. Okay, I'm a doctor. I got porn. Okay, uh, we're all into ch- kitty porn out here. And then all of a sudden we get this taxi driver for no apparent reason goes on a rampage and starts killing people. And uh, the people he started killing don't look too fresh either if you get my, catch my drift. Hmm. So, so uh, there's more to this story than meets the eye, and obviously we're never going to find out any of it. We may not, but uh, it, it is... No, uh, we, we, we won't. Yeah, well, it is rather coincidental. Coincidence? Or- I think not! Yeah, that all of this, that this takes place just days after all of these guys come out and start, to, and there's all this information about child pornography going on in the exact same area. Now, granted, Cumbria is a little bit bigger than, you know, it's not just one town. Uh, so this yeah. is a whole district. Yeah, it's like uh, a county yeah. in California. C- county would be right. 
So um, uh, to me, it was like a definite don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Please uh, take a look well, at the guy killing the guy people. was involved and he was just shooting his buddies or I mean, who knows? I mean, these random shootings often aren't random. Yeah, MK Ultra. Yeah, people mind control. <laughs> they just flip the switch. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Go kill him. Go do something weird. We need a distraction. Well, that's, so a, I, so I, that's I, a cheery I, way to start the show, even though I think maybe we should go and, and give a shout-out to our producers. We have some? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hit me. So, uh, well, i got to open this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Meanwhile, let me rummage through the mail and see if I can find my invitation to the Bilderberg Conference, John, which is starting tomorrow. Yeah. The big Bilderberg Conference in Española. It's awesome. Yeah, did you get an invite? No, I didn't. I well, maybe I just missed the invitation. Yeah, All the other important media people seem to get invited. I didn't get invited. So you know, so th- let's start off with we have a a, a new triple night and uh, we a triple have, night. A triple night. He gave us three thousand dollars. Andrew McKinnon, uh, wow. from Australia, and he uh, will be uh, the uh, series producer. <laughs> the month, the series producer for June. Hold on a second. I got, I got to put this information in. Series producer. Wow. Is there any reason why he is uh, supporting us to this extremely? Well, if you listen to his commentary, uh, and I think we got. No, no, we don't actually have a lot to read, but it's a little bit. He uh, says that uh, the show, ha- besides the fact that he's one of these people that ha- that listens to the show because he's in a situation where he, you know it's like a commuter situation, so he listens to the show, and he says that we have essentially uh, opened his eyes to to taking a different perspective on daily events that he thought was incredibly important to him. That's so. In- that's so awesome. Well, he, you know, we actually had two people this week. Uh, one of them being the executive producer. Who had a very similar message. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, so, wait, hold on a second. So, Andrew will be our series producer. For June. Right. For June. Hold on a second. I just got to put this in properly. So, he'll be on every show uh, in June. Okay. Listed. Okay. And then we have an executive producer. We have uh, two executive producers and one uh, associate. Okay. Who, so the who are the executive executives? producers, coincidentally, gave us $333.33. Mm-hmm. The first one, he wants his name listed, which I'll give you later, but he only wants to be mentioned as Enlightenment. Yes, uh, he's in the chat room all the time. Oh, okay. Hi, Enlightenment. And uh, and the and, M-E in Mint is capitalized, I believe. Wow, that's awesome, Enlightenment. Thank you so much. M-E, which probably has some meaning. Yeah, well, it's Enlighten Me is what it is. And then uh, Nolan uh, Ebenhaus from uh, St. Louis gave us a three thirty three thirty three two, and he had a long message, which I will read part of. Uh, Dear John and Adam, I've been hooked on the No Agenda show for a long time and have endured the guilt trips long enough. I have to admit I owe a good deal of gratitude to both of you for helping me shape me in ways that have really been working out. After a month of looking at the clock and seeing three, three, three every day, every other day. Every other <laughs> I know day. this happens. I see all these things too. I know, I know it's I, crazy. I, I, I'm always seeing jet. Uh, I'm because I get up around seven, so I see a lot of seven oh seven, seven twenty seven, seven four. I woke up for like a week and a half once. Every day it was at seven forty seven. I said, "Well, I need to go on a jumbo jet." Yeah, or and not, or, or not, this. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I've been on a couple of jumbo jets since I saw it the first time, and I haven't had a I jump. You know, the best plane in the world is that. That is it. 
747 is indeed. Uh, it's 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 just comfortable and it's just great. It's better than anyway. those plastic Airbuses. After a month of looking at the clock and seeing 3.33 every other day, seeing a shooting star on the way to a casino and winning $1,000. Cool. And now he's starting to date a drop-dead gorgeous NFL cheerleader. Oh, no. So she must be with the Rams, I'm guessing. And a second job at a winery. John, that's your influence. There's a lot of wineries in Missouri. Um I have got to give something back, if I may. I have one huge request, uh, and which is uh, while waiting tables, I met, meet all kinds of people ranging from TSA guys who double speak like nobody's business to the HR lady from Monsanto. We argued at the table. I recently was been a very kind-hearted and energetic cus- customer who works for a nonprofit, Willow's Way. The group helps to establish more community awareness and the needs of the mentally disabled in the community and much more, including individualized services to meet varying needs. At any rate, I told her I wanted to get into politics eventually. I'm 22 years old and stand for something and in politics stand for something good. He, she invited me to a young professionals group that may yield valuable networking opportunities for me on july 17th i'll be we'll be attending an event which is going to have apparently a a uh, a auction or a uh one of the raffle mm-hmm. and uh, if anyone's interested in getting a raffle to win uh fifteen hundred dollars uh the tickets are twenty dollars and uh the you can email him at Nebbinghaus, N-E-B-B-I-N-G-H-A-U-S at gmail.com. That's N-E-B-B-I-N-G-H-A-U-S. Uh, and for anybody in the future who, who wants to do these kinds of promotions, it's always easier if you put set up some sort of a website with a, with a catchy name because that way... If, yeah, some, yeah. You, like, you, like I donated and got laid with the cheerleader.com. That would be good. Yeah. That would get my attention. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so that's... Uh, that's our second executive producer. Um, and then we have a, uh, well, I thought we did. Oh, actually, we do. This did, we, the database crapped out uh, today when it, for some Wait, reason. Wait no, no, Just so I understand. So executive producers, Enlightenment, Nolan Ebbinghaus, and now, we have, right. now we're on to the associate executive producers, yeah? Yeah. There's okay. an associate. There's one, and I have to dig him up uh, in the PayPal file because I, I should mention this to people out there who like to write long notes. Uh, and this includes Ebbinghaus, the um, the PayPal CSV file, when the note it goes on for days, it's better to email us when they're extremely long. It essentially creates an error uh, on your record, and it won't get exported. Oh, okay. We discovered that today. Oh. So there's another one here, and let me, um, let me see if I can find him. Oh, another... Uh, uh, Associate executive producer. I just realized it, it didn't show well, up Well, do either. the first one, then. If you have... If it's two, no, do the first... No, only one. Huh. And that's it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is what you get for... Yeah, Why are we doing this show on Wednesday, by the way? Where are you going that you can't do the show tomorrow? I, I've got just another event. Another gig? <laughs> hey, let me concentrate here. <laughs> The problem is, this is the other thing with, with PayPal. It uh, tends to, maybe Eric's got the person's name. Uh, <sighs> Hold on a second, Eric. This is horrible, John. This is dumb. Well, here's what the problem is. Let me explain it, and I'm going to defend the, the whole situation, because I have to do this close to the show. Because otherwise, it's like three days old, and people say, I sent you some stuff yesterday, and right. blah, blah, blah. All right, I got it. Oh, okay, here's, oh, oh, brother. <laughs> Okay, here's the. This is my fault because I just, for some reason, didn't read this 
<laughs> information carefully. Uh-huh. We have one more executive producer. Okay. Ready? Yes. Catherine, C-A-T-H-R-Y-N, and it's I think it's L-I, it looks like. Uh, Gerard, G-I-R-A-R-D. Catherine Gerard? Yeah, she's from Pahrump. Pahrump. The land of hookers and blow, which indeed it is, I might add. Uh, it's one of the areas in Nevada that has legalized prostitution. Uh, this is for her husband's birthday, Randy Carlson, so he can be an executive producer like he did for me in February. His birthday is 6 6 And so she, since his birthday is on 6 6 she gave it $617.65. Wow. Oh, my God. Isn't that sweet? Now, that's, we that's have to give Randy Carlson a birthday message. Okay, well, okay. Then why don't we uh, do it properly? If, uh... It's your birthday, birthday. Ah, yes. Well, Randy, coming to you from the, uh, the actual county of Hookers and Blow, here's John with a birthday message for you. Hey, Randy. Happy birthday. <laughs> from from Catherine Gerard. <laughs> maybe do you think maybe she's in the business? No. Well, I don't know. I'm just asking, you know. She, she invited us over though. Uh, all right. Get the jet fueled. No, I think most people that live in Pahrump are are not in the business actually. Okay. All now, right. So that w- now, okay. do we have an associate executive producer? Because I'd like to get started with the damn show. Wait, wait, we got... <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot to talk about. I know, like, just give me one more second. You know, this is, by the way, this is another complaint. But this is being in the cloud. I have to plow through these... Uh, no, we don't have another one. That's it. We just have two executive producers. We okay. do, I, I, mis- I misspoke. Okay, that's good. Well, then uh, all I have to say is... Thank you all so much for your very generous donations, and we're all going to go out and do this. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And don't forget to put that on your CV. It can get you all kinds of cool gigs. World. Order. Come on, everybody. Shut up, Steve. So even though you might expect me to uh, talk about the Bilderberg Group right after the Shut Up Slave, I, uh, I, I actually went to Dvorak.org to make sure you had not posted this on your blog yet. So maybe you haven't heard about it, but it's just too funny. Oh, uh, what? The Osama Bin Laden boarding pass. What? Okay. <laughs> so there's a, uh, an internal British Airways magazine that is for, uh, for staff. Uh, staff work that work at uh, at Heathrow Airport. It's called LHR News, and uh, so in this they had an article about a new service, which is new apparently to them, allowing passengers to download paperless boarding passes to their iPhones, including a uh, close up cover photo of uh, someone holding an iPhone with a boarding pass on it, which has a nice uh, barcode and then a boarding pass. And uh, what caught people's eye is that the boarding pass is issued to Bin Laden slash Osama <laughs> in seat 7C, so he's in first class. Of course. Uh, travel date, 26 October 2010. And you can only imagine that this has started somewhat of a shitstorm. <laughs> They're issuing tickets to Osama Bin Laden on British Airways. 
Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Why would he be on the no-fly list? <laughs> you got to see this. I can't believe you hadn't heard about this yet. No, no, I missed it. Yeah, check. Wait until you see the picture. It, it blows you away. And so, you know, people are like, oh, my God. And British Airways is saying, well, this is obviously some kind of joke. I can tell you one thing. 26th of October, 2010, not a day to go flying. <laughs> it's like a message. It's like, what's going to happen on the 26th of October? I just Skyped it to you. This was actually on ABC News? Yeah, this is a so huge not deal. like some hoax. No, well, it this could is be a hoax. Mm, could be, but I, Laden, it, everyone has it. <laughs> Bin Laden slash Osama. 26th of October, 2010. <laughs> Gate made change. <laughs> so I, of course, placed this under the heading. All aboard, uh, <laughs> trains good, planes bad. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a good call. Yeah, totally. By the way, I can't get the jingle out of my head. It's, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. I'm, that uh, all, is what a good jingle writer does. I know, but all day I'm like, woo-woo, and then Mickey will sing from the bathroom, trains good, <laughs> planes bad. It's like a, we're both stuck in it. It's crazy. Just crazy. <laughs> So anyway, I thought that was, uh, without a doubt, uh, the, the gag of the day from someone. I mean, they're, they're going to find the person. It's not that hard to figure out who did this. But, you know, on the other hand, there's something to be said that, you know, the, uh, the true evil elite of the world, they like to message when they're going to do stuff. You know about the, the Matrix where uh, Keanu Reeves' uh, Neo's passport expires on 9-11-2001. You see that shot in the movie. You've heard of that, haven't you? You've heard about those yeah. stories. So they love doing this stuff. I guess. It's, all, it's fun, you know? It's like, hey, so we can always say later. Hey. Yeah, it's just like a 12 year old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They got nothing better to do but kill us and then <laughs> and communicate well, it slowly. Us. Yeah, I love it. So let's, let's you want to go to a couple of clips I got? Yeah, I got some too, by the way. But uh, oh, yes, good. yes. Yeah, well, let me just do a, a real news clip. Oh. Oh, you, you know what? You, you're getting a little out of control with all the real news clips. All Come right. on, this is a beauty. Uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> and now, back to real news. All right. Which Jesse one? James clip two. <sighs> Jesse James on the move. Sandra's ex spotted with a drink in his hand in Long Beach, just outside his restaurant, Cisco Burger. This just hours after his controversial Nightline interview aired and was watched by millions. You cheated on your wife. Yep. Yep. So yep. Uh, so this clip cracked me up because it was Jesse. There's a picture of him outside of a hamburger place with a drink in his hand. He had a Coca-Cola, a big, a big gulp with a oh, straw really? in it. I, I love these guys. Yeah. Drink in his hand. Give me a break. And, you know, are you sure you're still watching C-SPAN so I don't have to? I mean, <clears throat> we don't have to? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I have uh, two clips from C-SPAN in this particular three. Okay. Uh, you want to hear something funny? <laughs> yeah. If it's from C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah. Play, pull, this is Pelosi. Oh, I, I have this clip, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is awesome. This is her at the... Uh, it's a, some Catholic confab. It's like the... And this was on CSN, wasn't it? Wasn't this like the Christian Science Monitor or something like that? No, I got some pulled it off website. the TV. Yeah, it's uh, this is uh, the, I believe this is the separation of church and state uh, at work. Is that what this is? Well, this is the this is the word. <laughs> the bird is the word. The word is legs. Go home, spread the word, and make babies. My favorite word is the word. Hey, the word bird is the word. Is the word. 
And that is everything. It says it all for us. And you know the biblical reference. You know the gospel reference of the word. And uh, that word is... uh, We have to give voice to what that means in terms of uh, public policy that would be in keeping with the values uh, of the word. The word... Isn't it a beautiful word when you think of it? <laughs> she goes much further in that clip. She's like, this is how we have to uh, govern through the word. No, I can't, I believe, I, yeah, I can't believe you cut all that out. Yeah, she's like, this is how we have to set policy according to the word. Well, do you, the have word. It? you have the clip play it. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, you caught me off guard, man. Well, you're, 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 well, it's because you spend all your time excoriating me instead of queuing up clips. That's a very good word. It's a word. No, nah, anyway, it's in the show notes. People can go listen to it. Okay, it's a little lengthy. But yeah, it is. It is a little bit lengthy. Um, but yeah, th- I, that made me kind of chuckle. Although it's frightening, you know, because she's essentially saying in that clip, she's saying, you know, I believe policies policies sh- should be set the way the word is laid out. And the word is flesh, and the flesh was amongst us, and the flesh will return. It's like, ah. Yeah, well, you know, she's an old lady. Yeah. I wonder if she was hot when she was young. Well, the picture that goes around of her that claims that she would, but it turns out to be some stripper. Mm. So, so yeah. uh, what we missed on Sunday, uh, and you, and I think you and I both don't even watch the guy anymore just because we find him so abhorrent. Um, Bill Maher Ugh. cracked a joke. Um, and, you know, so... No one can be racist in this country except uh, Bill Maher, apparently. So, uh, have you heard this clip? No. Okay. I shall play this for you, and you shall get a nice chuckle out of it, my friend. Any more gushing, I'm going to have to pump mud into your blowhole. Boy, I I have a whole new vocabulary now because of this oil shit. Right? Top kill and junk shot and plug blowhole. This is the latest thing they're trying. We have our fingers crossed, right? The, they, you know, their method is they're, they're shooting tons of mud and cement uh, to try to seal the hole shut. And, and if it works, they're going to try it on Kate Gosselin. That's a good line. Funny. But here it comes. So the president finally arrived on the Gulf Coast today to survey the damage. I thought this was telling while he was there, uh, FEMA arrived for Katrina. So that tells you where we are. Actually, you know, these are pretty good. Um, but yeah, this, he's got writers. He's yeah. got a staff of writers. Yeah, he's, he's got to be staff. somewhat funny. But this, here it comes. This is the one that really caught everyone's attention. And... Uh, <laughs> And George Bush saw him on TV. He called him up. He said, you're doing a heck of a job, Brownie. <laughs> He's not bright, I think. Yeah. No, right. I mean, people have been waiting for Obama to do something. You know, he's, I love him, but he's a, he's a little professorial. You know, he doesn't have that Clinton gene for, you know, the, the uh, empathy kind of thing. He, he saw somebody, he said, I've been briefed on your pain. <laughs> You know, I, <laughs> I thought when we elected a black president, we were going to get a black president. I, you know, this is where I want a real black president. I want him in a meeting with the BP CEOs, 
you know, where he lifts up his shirt so they can see the gun in his pants. That's, ah, there you go. We got oh. a motherfucking problem here, you know. And there you go. Like all black yeah, people, okay, Bill. Yeah, like all black people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah all, all black, black people guns. have guns and, uh. Guns and a big dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Oh. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, I could just imagine if Beck, Glenn Beckett, used that gag. And he's a comic, by the way. I always remember that yeah. Glenn Beck is a comedian. Yeah. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of glad, actually, that Bill Maher is doing this because it opens up people to talk honestly. Then we should all be able to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I think you we should. make just insulting stereotype jokes. Well, I, Bill Maher can do have, it. You must have some ageist material in there, as usual. Uh, I, I didn't watch the show. I only got the clip. No. So, um, but I was just like, you know, and you told me he was gay, but you know, you know that in 2004, he got a palimony suit. I never said he was gay. You, what do you mean? We had a huge discussion about this. You said, but you don't know he's gay because he was making all these gay jokes. I was like, why is it okay for him to make gay jokes? And you said, cause he's gay. Huh? Yeah. I think you were talking to somebody else. <laughs> that was the other show I do. It was the other Dvorak. <laughs> with Horowitz. <laughs> the show I do with him. Speaking of which, um, uh, the uh, Obama gayness meme has been reignited. Yeah, that's a good one. Seriously. Well, and which of the two Obamas? Is it the one that we see that with the gray hair or the one without the gray hair? Uh, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's really weird. I, mean, I remember there was like a couple of years ago. I yeah, think, there was some guy that Larry, says he's yeah, Larry Sinclair. But now yeah, the guy's a maniac. But now here it is. Um, it's very and and this is very interesting from the Washington Insider. President Obama and his chief of staff Rahm Emanuel are lifetime members of the same gay bathhouse in Uptown Chicago, according to informed sources in Chicago's gay community. The bathhouse Man's Country caters to old white men and has been in business for some 30 years, known as one of Uptown Chicago's grand old bathhouses. And this article just goes, I mean, but there's a lot of people copying this, and uh, they're relating this back to uh, the Blagojevich trial that uh, apparently, <laughs> I love well, this. Must be, you know, this is maybe one of those things Blagojevich is holding on to. You know, well, this is exactly it. That appara- yeah, apparently in, in these tapes that I guess we're not going to get to hear, um, the whole thing is that um, Obama was actually trying to get his Senate seat for one of his gay lovers. It just the plot thickens. <laughs> it just gets better and better. And then there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff about Rom that he always he only travels with the male companion and they go on vacation together, kind of like an Oprah Gale type thing. Well, with the story about Rom walking up to that guy in the in the uh, you know the, sh- the locker room or something in some gym, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. And standing there. And uh, and sources, guy. sources. This is all just hearsay, of course. Oh, this is all bogus. Yeah, well, sources. But, in it's, chi- but it's worth. It's listening. funny. Yeah, sources in Chicago report that Jeremiah Wright, the pastor of Obama's former church of twenty years, the Trinity United Church of Christ on Chicago's South Side, ran what was essentially a matchmaking service for gay married black professional members of the church called the Down Low Club. I mean, they even got the names, the DLC. The Down Low Club, which, of course, is also the Democratic Leadership Council. So, but if this were true, Obama wait, is... Wait, wait, no, the, DL, the DLC means the... Demo, the, the you, you, what you said, if you played it back, would be the Down Low Club, <laughs> club is also the Democratic... Yes, I know. Well, that's the, re, um, that's the comparison being made in this article, which is being copied everywhere. Hmm. 
the Down Low Club. Well, I, you know, it's possible. And uh, his uh, Reggie Love, former Duke. Uh, keep on. I'm telling you, the, the, the evidence is out. Is amazing. <laughs> Reggie Love, former Duke basketball and football player and unsuccessful NBA hopeful, currently serves as Obama's personal trainer and White House quote special assistant. He has been called Obama's body man. Received a salary of one hundred four thousand dollars a year, and is reportedly one of Obama's regular gay sex partners. Uh, Where are you getting this? From the Washington Insider. WMR Chicago sources believe the Secret Service records of presidential candidate Obama candidate Obama's activities in Chicago. This is a great. This is a great paragraph. Would show that Obama regularly arrived at Love's Chicago residence at nine a.m. and departed at nine fifteen a.m. Sources said that while 15 minutes is too much too short for a personal training exercise, it is ample time for fellatio. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, you know, Rom- there, you know, I think that we're witnessing uh, and let's talk about this because I think there's a lot of things that tie in together with this with this. Story. By the way, the 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 ra- the chat room, Rom and Axelrod, known as Ramrod, <laughs> the team. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. You, you you're actually going to say something intelligent about this because I and I think you're well, right to do there it. There is a smear campaign. You know, yes. remember the old "Stop the Smears" against Obama? They always had this thing going. Of course, now we have Bill Maher doing big dick jokes. Uh, you know, racist jokes. We have, and I do have a clip of this. Uh, John Stewart going after Obama's promises. Oh, shall we listen uh, to that? Or yeah, listen to this. This is quasi related. Or be satisfied until the leak is stopped. No sleep, no satisfaction. He will be on this thing 24 hours a day, right after celebrating the great Connecticut Huskies Women's Basketball National Championship. I ultimately take responsibility for solving this crisis. Unfortunately, I'm also a little late for my Jewish American Heritage Month celebration. Yes! <laughs> it is my job to make sure that everything is done to shut this down. But first, He honors the women's and men's NCAA tournament. Back to the spill. I'm the president, and the buck stops with me. Unfortunately, I left the buck at the Asian American and Pacific Islander <laughs> celebration. Mr. President, your interest in basketball has been well documented. How often do you get to come out here and play? I understand you got to celebrate Heritage Months occasionally with your constituents, the national championship stuff, you're the president. But you made time for Marv Albert. <laughs> By the way, John, this article also uh, mentions uh, Obama's favorite place to pick up boys and men was during his uh, famous pickup basketball games yeah i know so yeah there's a smear campaign for sure yeah and now we and the, one of the leading uh, proponents of the smear campaign is uh, fox news uh fox news is really hounding this uh, there if you watch shepherd smith's show specifically they are just on this oil spill as if it was the worst thing that's ever happened in the in the history of mankind. Whereas we know it happened in 1979 and was worse. And curiously, in 1979, if we look at the kind of the, even though it was a little different, uh, uh, it was it was three years into uh, Jimmy Carter's administration. This is one of the things, I mean, Carter was under constant attack. He was the one lone Democrat. He showed up at, you know, he comes into office after the, you know, uh, the, the, Nixon situation and the, the whole the 
Republican Party was was a shambles. And Carter gets in for one term and then gets ousted. And you had two things happen. You had first this this crazy oil spill in the Gulf, and then you had the the, the Middle Eastern situation where the uh, Iranians had uh, kidnapped a bunch of Americans and, and held the embassy hostage. Right. And Carter couldn't get us out of either one of those deals. A backroom deal was done that Reagan's boys managed to do that actually apparently uh, gave word to the Iranians that whatever they did, keep those guys, you know, keep those guys prisoners until after yeah, and, the and, election. Yeah, that was the October surprise. And uh, this is now happening to Obama. We don't have the second part of this, which will be some sort of a weird thing that will be uh, you know, something he'll botch because, hmm. you know, it's, it's a setup. And I'm wondering whether this has anything to do with the, the war with the CIA, because I can't imagine that they were getting along with Carter, um, hmm. or what. I mean, the whole, uh, if you read the uh, legacy, what was the book that we talked about? Legacy the, of Ashes? No, not Legacy of Ashes, but the... Family the, Secrets? Family Secrets. There's a lot of discussion in that book about the, uh, you know, the, when the CIA fell out of uh, favor with Nixon and the two of them started uh, fighting a bit, that half of these crazy things that took place during the Watergate era were, were, were setups to, to screw Nixon. And if you read this book, uh, which is a, in the book club, by the way, and people should should read it. I think it's one of the most interesting books written for uh, on this topic for a long time. If you read this book, you'll it, it sounds as though Nixon was you know pretty much just a, a uh, setup. It was a setup. So the only place where that breaks down is that these reports are not released through the CIA mouthpiece, the National Enquirer. They are released through the Globe. Globe magazine is the ones that are... Uh, is Globe owned by National Enquirer by any chance, or is it a true competitor? I don't know. Because, you know, whenever something's in National Enquirer, you're like, oh, okay, pay attention now, because that's, you know, well-known. Yeah, well, they have other outlets than the National Enquirer, and, and I don't remember... Uh, I mean, essentially, you can take this right to the... I mean, you don't have to. you got Fox News uh, delivering the blow here. I mean, there's, there's a number of things. And now the fact that you've got this, this gay meme that's re- returned, uh, and it's old news, to say the least, yeah. uh, with, the, with new twists and new little sketchy details, which is, makes it hilarious. Uh, and, but essentially, everybody is on Obama's case. This is worse than Katrina. He's, what was he doing? And, right. and then now you got John Stewart ridiculing him for saying one thing and then going off and doing his job, which is essentially to be a spokesperson <laughs> for the government. Go open stuff up, cut ribbons. Uh, it's, well, it's, well, maybe I, this is why uh, the Democrats. Uh, here's the meeting. All right, Al, the, our man, our, our man's in trouble. Uh, dump that bitch. Dump, dump Tipper. Come on, we need a relationship story on the headlines. Get rid of her. <laughs> possible. It is possible. Although I think that Tipper l- probably left because she was tired of Al's bullshit. Well, hello. Tipper Gore is a maniac. I have not forgotten the PMRC where she and all the Washington housewives are like, this is horrible, the music, rap music is killing our children, want to commit suicide, Ozzy Osbourne is the devil. I haven't forgotten that. Yeah, I haven't forgotten Tipper. She's a nut job. But what's different right now, you know? Well, shit happens. I mean, (laughs) I can attest to that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll Yeah, I mean, that's, come on, this shit can happen. I'm just saying that that is possible. There's like... Now's a good time, Al. Dumper, we need a story. We need headlines. 
It's possible. Voice seekers, you're getting that. That Whoa. voice is good. It's, it's it, it doesn't sound anything like you, which is a positive thing. <laughs> we got like a really weird Skype sound there, like someone was scratching a record. Why fall apart? Yeah, I don't know if it's. Uh, it sounded like your compressor like broke up or something. No, I don't think so. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I think there's a. We're going to be watching a, a fantastically entertaining. For people out there, you know, we got a note from one of our our uh, uh, sponsor uh, producers uh, who said that you know I, I'm getting uh, depressed <laughs> listening to your show, <laughs> but I still listen. I, you guys are doing a great job, but I, you know, so I'm thinking that now we should try, we should kind of twist this a little bit. So with this with the smear campaign that we're starting to witness the beginnings of, uh, look at it as high entertainment. I mean, we're not talking about low. This is not. This is high entertainment. This could be some of the best entertainment we've ever seen. This is better than Jesse James. I mean, and Sandra Bullock. This is a beautiful setup. No comparison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but the question is, will Entertainment Tonight jump on this and Hollywood Insider? The we we should do the promos. The Obama gay scandal. Is he a homosexual? Does he like smoking cock? Oh. You would take so, that yeah, to the sh- bank. Sh- we need to- so, uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. But anyway, if we look at this as extremely... Is uh, Obama uh, homosexual? Is it really true? You can take that to the bank. On the next Hollywood Insider. Hello? All right. I'm done. So, okay, anyway, so that's... You're, you're, you're breaking up, John. Nah. You're going to get off the topic. Hold on. You're breaking up, man. You're really breaking up. Oh, okay. you can't hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You were like completely gone there for a second. I just you had everything. You can't hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. <laughs> Good. New topic. Uh, so we talked about Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> and I love, how, I love how it actually ties into something. LL. 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 So... Um, and about this scram device, this uh, this device that you get hooked up to your ankle. Instead of, you know, hey, you broke the law, you drove while intoxicated, your license should be taken away from you, and if you do it again, you should be thrown in jail or penalized. Well, so what they do is like, you can't drink anymore. So, uh, you know, I certainly found this weird. You find it a little bit weird. So there's two angles to it. The first thing is I got a couple of our producers out there uh, who said, well, you know, you really don't want to get into... Uh, possible DUIs anymore in the United States because it will cost you thousands of dollars because, here's an example from, uh, I, I'm not going to name him, uh, it said it wound, me, it wound up costing me $7,000, $1,500 in fines and probations, then of course $200 plus for extra insurance policy, but here it comes. He didn't have the, uh, the scram device attached to his ankle, but he got the interlock on his car. So before you can drive, you have to blow into a tube, apparently, and it won't start otherwise. Right, right, the tube thing. Yeah, $550. And there's a service charge for each month. Why is there a service charge? Because it's a service. It commun- it, it's like internet service. It, it communicates uh, back to home base. I thought the car wouldn't start. Yeah, well, but it, it communicates the data back to home base. No, it doesn't. It's just, it's just, this it's is a, what he's telling me. I, you can argue okay, with okay, me okay. all you want. Some guy writing in. Sorry. All right. Uh, then $350 to apply for an occupational driver's license. 
So we can this drive a money making huge. It, I calculate this. Is like the this. parking in San Francisco on a meter is two, exactly. it's 25 cents for two seconds. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so if, if you calculate it and you look at the numbers, you're looking like half a billion dollars a year in California alone. <laughs> it's like a huge money maker. So that's one. But where's all of this coming from? Well, it's coming from our friends who also bring you the Codex Alimentarius. It is coming from the World Health Organization, John. And this is an oh, article thing run by that crazy woman who reminds me of Miss Swan. Yeah, the people who brought you swine the swine flu pandemic. Oh. Here's the article from newscientist.com. The first global plan to tackle the demon drink has been backed by almost every country in what? the world. Hold on a second. What was the usage there? The demon drink. What's the demon drink? Is it something that the what's the demon drink? It's uh, alcohol. John Barleycorn? <laughs> On May 21st, the World Health Organization's, that's just this past two weeks, 193 member states agreed to reduce the harmful use of alcohol. Oh. Now, this is where it gets beautiful. Um, because I've got the documents here. <laughs> this is, is absolutely nuts. Okay, see, the harmful, I got to read this to you. So this is from the World Health Organization's very own website at who.int. So this, is, uh, this was agreed to in Geneva. Every year, the harmful use of alcohol kills 2.5 million people, including 320,000 young people between 15 and 29 years of age. The leading fact, risk factor for death globally. And harmful use of alcohol was responsible for almost 4% of all deaths in the world. Now... In addition to the resolution, a global resolution, by the way. So, you know, these are kind of like you have to, if you're a member state, you have to agree to it, which is what we yes, saw with the, the swine treaty. flu pan- pandemic. Mm-hmm. In addition to the resolution, a global strategy developed by World Health Organization in close collaboration with member states provides a portfolio of policy options and interventions for implementation at national level with the goal to reduce harmful use of alcohol worldwide. The resolution endorses the strategy and, ur- and urges countries to complement and support national responses to public health problems caused by the harmful use of alcohol. And it says I like here... The way they keep repeating that term. It, also associate, it, it is also associated with various infectious diseases like HIV, AIDS, and tuberculosis, as well as road traffic accidents, violence, and suicides. So drinking can give you AIDS, apparently. Wow, that's news. How does it do that, Adam? I don't know. Don't share your bottles. I don't know. It's like weird. It's bullshit. That's what it is. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out. Harmful drinking is also a major avoidable risk factor for non-communicable diseases, in particular, cardiovascular disease, cirrhosis of the liver, and various cancers. It's like crazy, man. So, So then they have this whole strategy. They've been working on this for two years and they're calling for a global governance of alcohol monitoring and reduction of alcohol consumption levels. Global governance. These guys never give up, do they? It's like, this, this relates to you, why the French are going nuts. We thought it was just like some weird religious thing, but this is the World Health Organization. And they're out, you know, now they're out to take your drink away. 
Well, hopefully. Well, this is another reason that, you know, I've, I've thought about this because we keep hearing these crazy stories all coming out of the World Health Organization, all UN related. When I was a kid, <laughs> I remember we, had, we used to have a, a, when the John Birch Society was in business, we always thought of them as just a bunch of nutballs. Yeah. I mean, they, they, but they had this collection of bumper stickers, and I wish I'd collected a few of them because they were hilarious. But one of the ones that they were harping on, and they harped on this a lot, which was get out of the U.N. Get the U.S. out of the U.N. Right. And it was just a big deal that they ended that amongst the right wingers today. Nobody even brings it up anymore. What happened to the idea of just dumping these guys? It's a bad organization. It doesn't accomplish anything. What has it ever done? It's a good business to be in if you make helmets that are, you know, army helmets that are blue. <laughs> I mean, there's money to be made. Yeah. But I don't see it. I'm not seeing what benefit. Uh, UNICEF is apparently a good organization, the only one. But why don't you just have that by itself? I'm not getting the value of the UN. It's a drinking club, John. No, this one isn't a drinking club. <laughs> my, my answer to everything is a drinking well, club. Well, we know that the UN, of course, was founded by the Rockefellers who uh, started with the uh, real estate investment. They put the seed money into it. Of course, it's an evil organization. This is where all this crap comes from. And what happened? So it's your generation's fault that we're still in it. How come you didn't follow through? How come you didn't march in Berkeley? Well, I thought it was crazy to think that way. I've changed my mind. I, the more <laughs> oh, really? I you you, you thought <laughs> about every fifth show we do? There's something about the UN, and it's always something creepy. Wow. Well, the uh, Eric the Shield gave me this just before the uh, just before the show. It's uh, morning edition from the National Treasure. With drinking, parents' rules do affect teens' choices. So you have to see, if you look at the big picture, you see how these initiatives are started. It's just like the, the assault on salt, uh, which now, and it just spreads out. It goes through the so-called independent uh, media, which is not funded by commercial uh, ventures. Um, and yeah, they, they it's just prop- worse, too. Yeah, they just propagate this message everywhere, and then before you know it, it's like everyone's on board with the program. Ooh, okay. I guess we did take our alcohol away. Brain researchers are, from NPR, brain researchers are finding that alcohol is a particularly toxic effect on the brain, on the brain cells of adolescents. That's because their brain cells are still growing, says Susan Tapert, professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Diego. The regions of the brain important for judgment, critical thinking, and memory do not fully mature until a person is in their mid-twenties. Tapered found that alcohol can damage the normal growth. That's kind of the whole point of alcohol. You want to, like, be dumb. That's why you drink it. <laughs> that's, that's why it's okay. It's like, you want to be dumb for a bit? Drink. It's like everyone knows this. This is not news. But now they're oh, going to... alcohol. Yeah, guess what? Alco- hey, stop the presses. Alcohol will get you intoxicated. Yeah. Teenagers who initiate heavy drinking actually go downhill relative to kids who do not initiate heavy drinking during, during adolescence. Yeah, no, duh. no, we've changed it to heavy drinking. Yeah. Uh, parents who give a no-alcohol message to their teens is, is good. Well, of course. You don't want your kid getting drunk. <laughs> but it happens. You, they watch their parents. You sit there, you get sloshed every single night, your kid's going to do the same thing. And by the way, in all these reports from the World Health Organization, it's all about, you know, all the, all the measurements of alcohol are all on rich countries. We need to take a look at the poor countries. It's much worse there. Yeah, why don't you go visit London? Go visit the UK <laughs> if you want to see the effects of alcohol. 
Yeah, I would also like to see. Yeah, well, of course, the Middle East are going to show. Well, I mean, you know, this may be like a promotion of of, of Islam, because you know they, they don't drink a lot there. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Right. Well, well, that's see. This is the kind of depressing news we're trying to get away from. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. All I right. All right. All right. Then let I, me. I'll brighten you up. I sent you a link to this story. We talked about this today on Cranky Geeks. CrankyGeeks.com. You sent me a uh, link? And I didn't know about the story. Joe Ingo was on the show today. And you had he, Jersey Joe on the show? Yeah, I figured, you know, he's a chatterbox. Let's see what he does. Wow, actually, that's great. Good yeah. good choice. Interesting. Yeah, I do, we, we have to do some experimenting. So anyway, so um, he put this story in, but it actually came from the register. We have one of the register guys there. So they've dreamed up this bogus, this is the most bogus thing called the electrical network frequency analysis, which apparently they're doing in England. And, and they, can take a, they can take like a fingerprint of the grid, of the power grid, and because it fluctuates so much that you can overlay the fingerprint, which shows all the fluctuations on top of anything that's ever been recorded or filmed or anything that's got any electronic information on it. And you can tell what time and when the recording was made and if it's real. What kind of... I'm not quite understanding this story Yes, yet. this is the point number one, which is I can't imagine how a jury ever figured out what they were talking about. So here we go. Here, let me try to explain it. And then and, and as soon as they... I, I was my, This is a jaw dropper for me because this is no way in hell this idea really works. Okay. They had some guy that apparently there was a tape recording they had to prove was authentic. And so based on the fact that all the electronic gear and it was because it's a tape recorder it would it essentially would have recorded on the data path uh very subtle indicators of the change in the grid's power from moment to moment oh wait a minute Th- this is like reflection in the wing nut exactly <laughs> and this is worse than that because this is apparently they're selling this and apparently american uh police departments and our, or the our government's going to buy into this bull crap and this is again poisoning the pool with bull crap the the jury pool buffalo you know buffaloing them with bullshit as it were and and you, you read this and you go this is not this is ridiculous in, in, in every way and I was looking for the date. If it said April 1st, okay, well, now it makes sense to me. But apparently not. So the idea is that they can tell from a recording, they can take the fingerprint of the electric grid at that moment in time and can so tell. They apparently have five years worth of data already. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Isn't this like a, okay, this is worse than the wing nut thing. <laughs> you wait, that's going to show up in an NCSI. You watch. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're kidding? Uh, we can already write the episode. I mean, the episode is being written as we speak for next season. I just know. It. <laughs> Perfect. We have to figure out, here's the, here's the challenge for anybody that listens. Well, actually, I don't think any of our listeners watch as much TV as we do. But here's the challenge. Which show is going to use this bit? Is it going to be one of the Law and Orders? Is it going to be NCIS? Is it going to be C- uh, uh, CSI? I mean, what is it going to be? Uh, we could actually have a pool. <laughs> yeah, we could give away something. <laughs> give away something. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, interesting article that I received from several people after uh, relating the story of the fox stealing my daughter's pump. <laughs> so apparently this is uh, not new. 
A fox famous for stealing hundreds of shoes from homes in the German state of Rhineland Palinate is on the prowl once again. Huh. So it, there's something with foxes and shoes. They really dig him, and this fox has been stealing shoes for years. <laughs> the one in Germany? Yeah. The, probably the one in England has, too, but nobody knows it. Yeah, but and, and there's stories from everywhere. Yeah, Does your daughter call the cops? <laughs> no. Do a police report? But it's interesting that, that I'm getting stories from all over the world that foxes are indeed crazy about shoes, and they steal. In broad daylight, they walk into houses and steal people's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, what is up with that? This is the, it, it must be something in the Monsanto food they're eating. I don't know. I think it's probably that or the leather they like. I don't know. <laughs> I just this, know. This is a chew stick. Well, it's just a start because, you know, the next headline, we've said it before, a fox ate my baby. Yeah, fox that, killed the baby. It's coming. You know, that story about the guy shooting it up up in Cumberland, I was thinking that you were... You, Cumbria. You mentioned. Cumbria. Cumbria, sorry. He, uh, there was a couple of interesting anti-gun memes in there. And a whole bunch of them, actually. And oh, yeah, no, just, they're all over the anti-gun thing. But, and, but again, I thought that mentioning, they, they made a point of mentioning there's 600,000 shotguns. And I bet you, I'll hmm. bet you, I'd put money on this one, that the British government's going to try to get people to get rid of those shotguns, shotguns. because they don't yeah. need them anymore because there's no more fox hunting. Meanwhile, keep on downloading the porn, boys. The vicar, the doctor... The university executive, give me a break. That's disgusting. Kitty porn. So I've got a couple of things. So if you're talking about England for a second there, let's play a couple of clips that I found. You mean Gitmo Nation East. Call it by its proper name. Yeah, Gitmo Nation East. Wow, Uh, John, your, your, your connection is weird. My connection is now dead. Hello? Yeah, yeah. I, di- I died too. Yeah, wow. you just did too. Somebody's got a problem. I don't know. All right. Well, let All me right, see if that's back. you. Or you are. I don't know what uh, that is. So I have two. I, I find it very screwy uh, reports from the BBC, and I'll tell you why after we run them. Try BBC Afghan clip one. Especially for the street children there, after 30 years of conflict, many have lost their fathers to violence, family breakdown, or drugs, and their numbers are growing. Lee's set reports. By the way, every single news report that is about Afghanistan or, or, or Iraq always has this type of music. Isn't it ridiculous? And, and you always see a dusty road with a red sunset. It's like, it's like standard. It's like, let's play some of that music because we have to set the mood, set the tune. No Lady Gaga here. 6 a.m. in Kabul. My name is Nargis Stensola. Shashtola Budi. They have subtitles and she says she's nine years old and she has to go begging for bread every day. Oh, okay. And so they're going to send her out begging and she's going to go to place after place in the supposedly high rent district, even though it's got a dirt road and every house looks like a shithole and uh, made out of mud. And uh, nobody will give her any bread. And then she explains in a minute that the, a little boy came earlier and took all the bread. Oh. Keep playing. <laughs> This is how her day begins. On the streets of this wealthy neighborhood, 
asking for bread. At house after house, everyone says they have no bread to give. So today, there's nothing to bring home for breakfast. This is home. Narges, three sisters, three brothers, one room. They're eating the bread she brought home last night. She's the only one in this family working now. In Afghan society, sending her teenage sisters to the streets would bring dishonor. And the little ones are too young. So it's down to Narges. Yeah, you know what I think, John? I think we need to go in there with some tanks and shit, help those people out. They got no bread. Here's the deal. As this go, this will be finished in a, in a few seconds. I'm watching this thing going. You got a camera crew, and you're. So, why don't you, lady, give her some, give her some damn bread? bread. <laughs> yeah. Is it asking too much for the BBC reporter to <laughs> should cough up a dollar and buy some bread for the starving family that only eats bread once every two days, and apparently don't eat anything else? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Very annoying. So what's this? Afghan report clip too. Is that the oh, payoff? Oh, now she's in school and she's just having so much fun finding out that these little girls that get to go to school a couple of times, a couple of hours a day now because of, you know they get to. They're all going to be professionals when they get older. And I'm still thinking, what about the bread? <laughs> Engineer, look at this. Five young Afghan girls managing to go to school for at least part of the day. What do they want to be when they grow up? All of them know that we have bakers, two doctors, two teachers. <laughs> And Narges wants to be an engineer. Afarin, well done. What is the point? <laughs> this is the. It's like this whole thing goes on and on. This is one of those BBC reports that says nothing. It's just showing you a sad situation. The BBC shows you that the BBC is a bunch of cheap bastards because they won't give the little girl some bread, and they then they just make these miserable stories. This is not educational. It's not realistic. The whole thing is a scam. I don't get the point of it. It's the British Bread Corporation. Telling this bread thing, <laughs> it's just—it's like an—it's like it's like a Jesse James piece. It's idiotic, Who yeah. But it? this is the BBC. Yeah. Okay, right. here's another funny clip on a similar level. Actually, we only take a break and discuss some of our donations since we. Okay, yeah, good idea. And then I—I I also have some funny clips. <laughs> okay, well, your funny clips are coming up. Yes, uh, funny, funny, and then we got to talk about uh, piracy and entering ships. Yeah, we do have to get on that, even we, though we, that story seems nah, like... Nah, I, th- I think I might have some angles. Okay. All right. All right, so besides our, uh, our very generous... Uh, By the uh, way, Andrew McKinnon uh, showed up, and he's our uh, series producer for the men- month of June, has uh, showed up in the chat room. He, no, he, missed, his, he, yeah, he missed his initial... Uh, a donation thank you so i just want to say hey andrew oh well he can you know this show's downloadable does he have a like a does he have like a nice pad so when we go visit we can stay with him in australia if he has any money left <laughs> it's all right we'll save it and we'll bring it over <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah thank you andrew 
Okay, so to start with Sarah Morley from Montreal, Quebec, who gave us six six sixty six sixty six dollars and sixty six cents. She says Karma Club. She's looking for. I'm being unfairly persecuted by the Revenue Canada for supposed back taxes on an arts grant, a spinoff of Prime Minister Harper's campaign to undermine arts funding. I'm sending in an appeal next week and need some to get the taxman off my back. Karma. Thanks for the show. Keeps me sane. Wow, that's what a bummer. You have to pay taxes over a grant? It doesn't make any sense. That's uh, Gitmo Nation North. Uh, Gitmo Nation Great White North. Great White North, yes. Wow, okay. Sorry to that hear that, sucks. Sarah. Yeah, that does blow. Alexis Richardson in Russellville, Arkansas. Uh, two nickels, uh, double nickels on the dime. Uh, and she, uh, she, does, she says she doesn't want to be one of the few female douchebags. Huh? Yeah, where's the cue? Oh, you mean this one? Douchebag. I did. Well, don't, she, you know when we do this? Well, she's not a douchebag because she donated. Uh-huh. Well, then why don't you de-douche her? You fucked up. Yeah, okay. You've been de-douched. I just love that de-douched one. Yeah, it's my favorite, too. I did donate some money a while back and uh, landed a job. Hey, now. you got to get these, these things documented. Well, we have uh, the No Agenda Karma Club. Uh, I haven't looked at it in a while. Uh, 5533 from uh, Kashif Hussein in Frankfurt, Deutschland. And, and he uh, says, he, John, can you try to get Adam on as I a guest tried, on Leo's give, Twit? Up, this okay. would help our cause. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, See, I'm, a good, I'm a good guest. He should have me on. You're a great guest. Thank you. Of course. Uh, C.G. Mayer, uh, Mount Gambier. I think it's Meyer. C.G. Meyer, yeah. Mount Gambier, which is probably pronounced weird, in South Australia, $50 and one penny. He's been on the $2 a month and the $5 a month plus a $100 spot to the stream. Are you able to tell me what I'm up to so far? As a matter of fact, I think Eric can take care of you. Uh, and then we have a note from Sean Martin, which I thought was worth reading. Uh, note, he says. John, you've uh, mentioned on the last few shows that No Agenda is not going to change the minds of liberal left-wing type listeners. This is my new meme, which is that, you know, we want to uh, preach to the choir. Oh, right. Uh, he says, I call bullshit, sir. <laughs> I believe anyone who shouldn't, tr- who, who shouldn't trust mainstream media, media, a.k.a. everyone... Needs to listen to your show. I'm an unabashed left-winger in Canada. That means something, actually. And I count on your show to help keep my mind open. I might not agree with the opinions you and Adam hold, but the two of you offer something that no other outlet does. Rational arguments backed up by documented evidence. Sometimes. I was going to say, at least the evidence we can find. (laughs) The extensive research we we do try. But I I agree that... um, I think sometimes we come very close, and I know that yeah, there's a lot we do, of... We do, the, we do we, we're the best on we, the air. We do, I, I think we, it's we, the world's greatest podcast. Yes, Nothing else is more effective, he says, at changing someone's mind or at least opening them up to other ideas. Please, 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 please encourage your listeners to pass this on to their liberal, conservative, nutball, communist, conspiracy, <laughs> theorist, and fascist <laughs> friends. Everyone should listen to this show. Everyone should listen to this show. If only to get them questioning the things they hear, keep up the great work. So, well, all right. So, uh, well, thank you. Okay. And, and let me help you. Um, here's something you would not want to play for, for your liberal friend, your left wing nut jobs. 
So you know who Rick Warren is, John? Yes. When we, by the way, before we talk oh, about let's, Rick, yeah, we always forget the most important part. Yeah, noagendashow.com. Please go there and click on the donation button. It'll take you to dvorak.org slash NA. And there's also uh, uh, channeldvorak.com slash NA and dvorak.org slash NAS. And if anybody, and there's a couple people that sent me a note, they, they, they wanted the bank information so they could do direct deposits. Uh, I lost their name. Of at least one person, and so you know who you are. Send me another note. I have the information, and we we do direct uh, deposits for people who uh, just want to bypass all the bull crap, especially if you're out of the country. Yeah. So that's uh, dvorak dot org slash na channeldvorak dot com slash na, and of course uh, the stream, uh, which we still would appreciate sustaining supporters for, is uh, channel uh, dvorak dot org slash nas. And, and we did a new, uh, there's a new interlude floating around. Yeah, um, I love this. It's a really good one, John. I've got it. When, when I got, there's one coming up, and then there's one coming up, Not the, probably not the next one, but the one after that, where I'm going to, do, I, this, is gonna, this is a little off topic. I'm going to document, I'm going to get a hold of Roger McGuinn and some other people that were around during the psychedelic music era. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come up with a definitive top fifty list, and I'm going to play. A, I'm going to educate people Ooh, about nice. this lost music. This music is not ava- This music is gone. It's, it's completely, despite the fact that the Rolling Stones did an entire album, and the Beatles did an album that that kind of was an homage to this type of music. It's lost. Good. Well, it's awesome to hear it on the stream. It's interlude number nine. It's uh, currently in rotation, um, and it's uh, well worth a listen. Uh, it was uh, we actually had it playing in in heavy rotation over the Memorial Day weekend. Ah. Uh, by the way, Fourth uh, of July is a Sunday, and we're going to be doing a show as well. Uh, so anyway, Rick Warren. Uh, Rick Warren, of course, is uh, the uh, minister of the Saddleback Church. Is he a pastor or a minister? What do you call this guy? Pastor. Well, I don't know. He's but, a but minister, he, as far as but I he know. shows up on like a Meet the Press, and yeah, he's uh, around all the time. Because he's now he's, he also writes books. Uh, was it like the Purpose Driven Life? I think which is huge, right? Thirty, forty million copies, big. This guy knows how to make money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he re- he's got it down. So he is heavily involved in um, Uganda. He has a lot of pull there. Really? Yes, he does. Uh, in fact, uh, I found. Let me just find it here. Uh, on now you know my thoughts. Oh, about I hate to, to I hate to interrupt you before you do this, but I think there's one thing we forgot to get out of the way. Oh, sorry about that. It's okay, we 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 forgot to knight our triple knight. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh well, this this is bring John. Can you bring out the really big one? Yeah, look at the size of this. Thing. <laughs> that thing is huge. The man is so big. We need the big swords for him. As the series producer, with a triple knight donation, please step forward, Andrew McKinnon. Andrew McKinnon, as representative of Give Nation Down Under, and with your huge support for the show, we hereby proudly knight the triple knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. You are forever now to be known as Sir Andrew McKinnon, series producer of the month of June. Whoa. 
We didn't want to make him a black knight, too. Whew. Yeah, man. I, I, want, I can't wait to go to Australia shake this guy's hand. For sure. Okay. I'm looking forward to kangaroo jerky. <laughs> All right. Let me get back to Rick Warren. Oh, so so we played some Uganda stuff last. Well, that, and this is why, because I wanted to play you something. We uh, this, is, this is the anti-gay law that they're trying to pass. So uh, Scott Lively, who was also an evangelical, and uh, Rick Warren have quite a history of involvement in Uganda, where they focus a lot of their missionary work, and as a result, have become influential in the shaping of public policy in Uganda, also in Nigeria and Kenya. So um, there's this other pastor, and I've forgotten his name, but he is, you're going to hear him speak in a moment, and uh, he is against homosexuals. And, of course, there's a huge push to create a law. What happens if you're, if you're gay, John? You, they just kill you? Is that I what they want to do? The, the, one of the goals is to kill you, yes. So uh, I, <laughs> you listen to this clip. I'm already laughing because, I, I mean, I, I, I just couldn't believe what was being said. I could not believe, well, you'll have to listen for yourself and uh, not safe for work for sure. But then again, uh, this is uh, what is being taught to people in Uganda. Good morning, everyone. My name is... Uh Pastor Dr. Martin Semper, I'm here in the capacity as the chairman of the National Task Force Against Homosexuality in Uganda. We are making legislation to make sure that sodomy and homosexuality never sees the light of legality in this land of the Pearl of Africa. By the way, there's a sign, so he's, he's in like a schoolroom, or maybe it's his church, I don't know, has a whole bunch of uh, people sitting in the audience. And there's a sign behind him that says, back off Barack Obama, which is kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, they said this sign. The other one that I, that when I had that clip the, of the other guy, that back off Obama uh, sign was there, too. So this must be something that they're, I don't know what the point well, of this is. Well, because they think he's gay. Listen, ah, listen, listen. I've taken time to do a little research to know what homosexuals do in the privacy of their bedroom. Okay, what? John, they are now going to learn what homosexuals do in the privacy of their own bedroom. Huh. And we're learning from Uganda. One of the thing they do is called anal leaking. Where they He's saying anal leaking. A, a man's anus is leaked like this by the other person. Like ice cream. Like ice cream. And then what happens? <laughs> even poo comes out. The other one poo-poo's out. Huh? And then they eat the poo <laughs> The other one they do is they have a sex practice called fisting, where they insert their hand into the other man's hand, and it goes all the, into the anus all the way. And it is so painful, they have to take drugs, but they enjoy it. Now, if we have any children, please step out. <laughs> and now he's asking children to step out. <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where did you get this clip? <laughs> from from uh, uh, from the ministry, of course. This is a this is a video they put out. This is their educational system. Rick Warren? <laughs> no, that's not from Rick Warren. No, 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 no. This is from Rick, Rick Warren's buddy. Okay. Now I'll just play. You got to hear. Now the children have to leave because now he's really going to tell you. <laughs> this is a parental guidance moment. That child, hey, that child can be moved out. No, so, take that child out. Not that one. That one. <laughs> I've done research. This is what they do. Number one, 
So you can see a man here having sucked the other person's rectum and the other person is poo-pooing <laughs> and this one is eating the poop all over the place. <laughs> I can't believe it's 2010. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And the audience is cracking up. Is he? He's showing pictures on a Mac, on a MacBook Pro. He's a, the other man is eating his poo-poo. <laughs> what? It's just outrageous. I lived in Uganda for three years. I don't remember much of it, but holy crap. <laughs> holy crap. If I was funnier tonight, I'd have one right there. I'd be on the <laughs> Yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't have a good joke there. Tell me, when you have a law against homosexuality, do you say, except eating poo-poo? <laughs> John, we must ban the eating of poo-poo. It is an outrage that people are eating poo-poo. <sighs> Well, that's a highlight of this week. I I just had to play it because it's well, such an outrage. You got to play. It's such an outrage. It's a total ridiculous. It's it's ludicrous. It's an outrage. My favorite though uh, from the from the land of uh, space laser beams is the uh, sinkhole in Guatemala. Okay, so now let's talk about the sinkhole, which I don't get. Yeah, I do. Well, I know what you're going to say. Okay. Some sort of a beam. Well, I, I put in the show notes. You know, I'm going to put this. I'm going I'm to give this link to the chat room so they can play along. Send the link to me too. Okay. Uh, these are the exact same. You know, um, on 9/11, um, of course, these buildings were melted. They um, they used the the space. Based beam weapon to oh, create. To, you know, you are you know, the funny thing holes. about your nine eleven stuff is that you, you use every contradictory scheme. Okay, and you, you bring it up as though that's the one. No, to, I, to back to back up whatever current crackpot notion you have. No, that's now, not true. It, I've I've always been very consistent about the holes in the buildings. That, yeah, I've been very consistent about. No, 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 no. You shut up for a second. I've been very consistent about the hurricane off the coast, which of course no one talks about. Very consistent about all of this. About the fake video that shows planes with their nose coming out the side of the building completely intact. No, John. No, no, no. I've been very consistent about 9-11. Okay, let's go back to the holes. Now, there's two... By the way, this is not the first time a hole like this appeared. And I did some research, not being a slouch. By the way, whatever you sent me, the, the pictures don't come through. Anyway, I have done some research on, uh, on sinkholes. And to find one that is so perfectly round and goes 30 stories down is pretty hard to do. Yeah, because it was created with a beam from space. Well, why? Now that's a good question. How about uh, this? No, well, of course it was. It was. Uh... I have a theory. Okay. Have you uh, tried uh, googling Guatemala and oil? Oh yeah, no. I I was going to say they had heavy weather. Uh, this is a, yeah, probably a version of the earthquake machine. Wouldn't surprise me. There's they apparently this is just recently within yeah. the last six months or so they found a couple of huge deposits of oil uh, where you can probably just drill a hole and pull it out. I don't know why they would blow a hole in the in the country. Uh, it could have been it could have been, you know, been an accident. Economic hit man and say, hey, look, we want the oil. Well, it could have been an accident. Yeah, it could be. They were they were cleaning their harp and it went off. 
<laughs> but I have to say, I've never seen a, uh, a, a hole like that. And no one's explained it. Oh, you know, there's underground water. There's 30 stories underground. Yeah, and, and how come we don't have any video of people going in there? Because apparently it took a whole apartment building with it, didn't I, it? I, When I first saw the picture, the first thing I thought, and I'm still not convinced, that it's not Photoshop. It's not Photoshop, yeah. No, it's which is still possible because I haven't seen anyone actually on the ground. I haven't seen. Have you seen video of it? Have you seen nope. a, a crew on the ground? No, there is one. I did. There was a video clip, but I think it was just a. It was a still shot that they were making a video of the uh. still shot. I have not seen anything. Why? Yeah. Why aren't there people like spelunkers going down there? And how come only one person straight oh. down that thing? No, I beg to differ on that. That you would not want to be <laughs> as a pilot of helicopters. <laughs> You're not getting me going down that hole, brother. There might be poo-poo down there. But that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That thing is perfectly round and 30 stories down. It looks like it was surgically cut. And somebody, apparently a building was on top of it, and it went down, it's down there in the hole somewhere. But only... But this is not... A, I'm telling you, there's something bogus. The whole thing is... It, the, the story is just weird. It's a screwball story. I, there's, I, I do know there's oil. They were going to start drilling outside the coast of Guatemala, but I'm not understanding why they put this hole in. Unless they, you know, unless the economic hitman... Not to join your side of the argument, but I will. <laughs> Please. Unless the economic hitman went in and the guy said, oh, screw you. You know, you guys are nothing anymore. You're nothing. Watch this. Yeah, this is what I always say. Watch this. Oh, yeah? you don't, Oh, it's much easier, by the way. If you want to get to the oil quick, because I'm sure there's other guys out there who want the oil. Again, here's the meeting in Zook. Hey, hey, they won't give us their oil. Hey, turn on heart, man. Blow a hole in him. <laughs> Blow a hole. <laughs> I, think Take you, that. I think the guy, you, you got the voice, but the, the guy's laugh, I think, is inaccurate. I'll have to talk to him. I think it's got to be a little deeper. Uh, mean, it's, your laugh—the laugh you're doing for that I voice. But I think sounds like the Joker. So it sounds like some comic book character. Well, you, yeah, you that's have... the, the evil, uh, evil oil cabal. Well, so can it be a coincidence that after they turned the harp machine onto the uh, Okinawa Islands, remember that? Remember the earthquake in the no. Okinawa Islands? Yeah, of course, because we have the base there, and we said we would leave the base, and we're not going to leave the base. And it was like, pur, pur, pur. hey, we're going to give you an earthquake. This was just near the island. We're going to do it. next time. We're going to do it right on you. So the uh, prime minister uh, of Japan quits. You're like, yeah, I can't fight this earthquake machine. <laughs> I got to leave this place. I'm out. He was only in for what, eight months. Yeah, well, you know, the earthquake like, machine out. could do a lot of damage in Tokyo. <laughs> yes. You know, there's there is economic warfare going on. There is space warfare going on, and uh, and and what do we get? Sandra Bullock and Jesse <laughs> yeah, James. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff they could be talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was, if people if they only did, people wouldn't believe this either. I mean, you know, they just sit there and go like, uh huh. You know, actually, I think if you tested the following following concept, it would work, which was that you roll out a – you use those main shows that we discussed, Access Hollywood, uh, Insider, Extra, and Entertainment uh, – the Inter- Entertainment Weekly or tonight, whatever it's Entertainment called. Tonight. Entertainment Tonight. And I think there's probably two or three more th- like third-rung versions of these shows. 
and you and you all and you did a, a thing about an earthquake machine, and now it's been confirmed. And you bring a few crackpot guys on there, and they yak about it. And even though let's say there's nothing, yeah. and they just make it up, make the whole thing up, and then put it into the public consciousness from that level, not from CNN, not from Fox News, but from that level, it would be a it would be a commonplace. Everyone would know there's an earthquake machine. Well, I think a lot of people already do, and even the people that do know, just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah so, so what? There's an earthquake machine. Hey, what's for dinner? It's like people don't give a crap. They no, there's don't. that. There is an element of people don't give a crap, yeah. crap but I don't think they're uh, buying it. I don't. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I know they're using it. I know they've got it. I know what's going on in the world, but I can't, I, I, you know, you, you got to be able to sleep. Just be aware of what's going on. It's, uh, like, it's okay. like this whole Goldman BP thing. So you know, now it turns out that uh, I guess what's going around now is, uh, and there's some evidence to back it up, Goldman Sachs sold a huge part of their portfolio of uh, British Petroleum, of their stock portfolio, um, which uh, I don't think they sold it all in one go, but they probably sold yeah, it out no, over a quarter. This is going to change those, those numbers where they've never made a bad sale in the last 90 days. I don't think that's going to work out for them this time. Well, what's interesting, of course, that you have to know that, I mean, and this is, uh, I think there should be some kind of hearing about it because uh, Peter Sutherland, uh, who was the ex-chairman of Goldman Sachs, of course, at the same time, he was also um, uh, vice, uh, what was he, uh, uh, chairman or, was he chairman or CEO of a BP? Basically, the BP, the oil company, is just another, it's an extension of the bank's. Uh, but this this guy, ex-chairman of Goldman Sachs, uh, of course a Bilderberg uh, Group member, chairman of the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> it's like it's so obvious that this insider trading. If anything, let's say they knew that they were that they were going to pull a job on uh, on the the transocean deep water drilling. You know, it's like shouldn't there be some kind of inquiry? I mean, that's so obvious to sell like. $250 million worth of stock, you know, 40% of all the stock you own just before all this bad shit goes I down. I don't know that it happened just before. Well, it had to be in the quarter before, because otherwise you would see it on the previous quarter's reporting. So it's their ownership. So it, it happened within three, within the three-month period. I think it happened after the blowout. It was, no, it was sold on 331. Do we have any documentation? Yeah, 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 oh yeah, I got it right here. It's, um... So you okay? So then, Yahoo so Finance. If we're going yeah. to take the theory that the whole thing was was a rigged. Well, yeah. I mean, I could. It's interesting. And um, and well, there should be an inquiry. And where's uh, the inquiry? Well, there's what, the, these guys geniuses, or they're pro, they can prognosticate. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that all oh, hell is going to break loose in the next couple of weeks. Let's well, sell. Well, the United Kingdom though is uh, is looking at this in a different light because. Yeah, and this happens whenever there's some kind of oil catastrophe, then the stock goes down and immediately get, oh, it could be taken over by another company. Um, this could happen, but really the, the Brits are seeing this as a war against British Petroleum. In fact, uh, what is this? This is a link from The Telegraph saying Obama's lack of response is actually waging war against the U.K., Mm, interesting. By, by, it, yeah, right. Yeah, by neglect. By neglect and demonizing BP, and they're talking about this could be the 
the end of our special relationship and you know no. the survival of BP is now in in peril, well, which BP I don't believe for a second. Our Getty Oil Company. How about uh, playing blasting BP? This is Fox uh, ganging up on BP and adding to first the- major safety disaster. In fact, a new Shep Smith everybody. New report indicates the oil company has racked up a staggering number of violations over the last three years. Staggering, John. Staggering. According to statistics from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, BP has faced 760 egregious and willful safety violations. Those are the words of OSHA. You probably want to know how that compares to violations for, say, ExxonMobil during that same period. Well, they had 700-something. ExxonMobil had one. Citgo, two. Sunoco and ConocoPhillips each had eight. Now, I don't think those companies, I think they pale in comparison to the size of BP, by the way. Yeah, and they're, I mean, that's not necessarily like, doing they're very small doing compared to BP. And they're not and drilling. I'm sorry, what? But they're not drilling where these guys drill. These guys are the high-tech drillers. But the, the, he keeps ex, but he's excoriate, continues to excoriate the company. It's really interesting. Dollars in fine for environmental and safety violations as well as for claims. A fraud. Meanwhile, a BP's fraud. chief executive is apparently trying. <laughs> Who, where did that come from? It's like someone burped. Claims a fraud. A fraud. Clean up the public relations mess that he so aptly created. He's now it says that he's sorry for a comment he made on Sunday, which angered quite a few people along the Gulf South. Remember this. We're sorry for the massive disruption that's caused their lives. This thing over more than I do. I'd like my life back. He'd like his life back. And now he's sorry he said that. Sorry, especially to the families of the 11 men who will never have their lives back. The ones who died on that rig. In a statement, Chief Executive Hayward said, and I quote, I made a hurtful and thoughtless comment on Sunday when I said that I wanted my life back. When I read that recently, I was appalled. He went on to say, my first priority is doing all we can to restore the lives of the people. It just ends there? Hold on, what's that? I just ended it. It was getting yeah. ridiculous. So the guys, you know, they say, what do you think? Oh, this is terrible. I'm having a horrible time. I'd sure like to get my life back. And then they jump all over him because just a casual remark. It wasn't like insulting the 11 people that got killed. I just found the whole thing to be abhorrent. Well, there's, there's a, by the way, Shep Smith, I think, is from uh, the South, so he's always, he always goes to all the, the big Southern disasters. He's their go-to guy. But Goldman Sachs, along with uh, Blackstone and Apollo Management, um, bought Ondeo Nalco. I think that is the company that produced the Corexit dispersant. So these guys are on the downside and on the upside. Oh, right. yeah. We'll sell BP shares and, and we'll buy in the cleanup company. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's but, all a scam. Of course it's a scam. And, and you know what? They don't care about you and I. They don't care. And why should they? No, because we're going to use just as much oil. And we're going to use more oil next year and the next and the next and meanwhile, we're all going to be talking yeah. about global warming, and I would. Well, you know, it wouldn't. It, let me ask you this, John. Hypothesis: If it turned out that global warming was not true, um, and that uh, yeah, of course, uh, burning oil creates some pollution, but I think you know we've done a lot on filtering, and um, it's it's not good, but uh, you know it works. Uh, would uh, 
Let's just say it, you took away all the extraneous stuff, right? The global warming mainly. Would there be still such a push for all these alternative sources, or would we just say, huh, okay? You know, there's, they, this as though they. I'm not sure. You know, I've seen the cycle before. This is one of those things that really bothers me. By the way, I've seen the cycle already. Because it happened in the 70s when the OPEC came along and decided to just stop shipping us gas. And so everybody had to line their cars up for blocks and, you know, or had to maybe spend the night just to get a few gallons of gas. There were, you, if you had a, the license plate would ended with a even number, you could go to across the bridge on Wednesdays and Oh, yeah. Well, we had Sunday free cars in uh, Gitmo Nation lowlands. Sundays, no, no cars allowed on the road at all. Yeah, well, it's it was similar, the whole country. But it wasn't that bad. But they had these days where you couldn't drive if you had a three or a five or whatever. And then they, you know, and they had the, and there was a, it was a epidemic of people stealing gasoline from one another, and all the, everyone had to get a locking gas cap. Oh yeah, and right. uh, it was that. a very funny era. And then that was the first time it was like. We've got to go wind power, all these crappy wind uh, turbines that are over in Tracy and the, over by uh, Palm Springs. Yeah, Tracy is huge. I've flown over there. Most of them have fallen over. And yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not even turning. They're still. I, I was flying and they weren't even moving. Yeah. So you have, you know, that was from that era. And then you had everybody, all these solar powered solar energy. And, you know, people put these glass tubes on their roof. And so that would warm up the water. You didn't have to use a, a you know, water heater. And you know, the math has been done on this forever and none of it really has a payout unless the government subsidizes the crap out of it and that includes uh, solar panels you have to literally if you don't get a deal from the government you're just throwing your money away you're never going to get a payout on it and so this happens over and again and then they then they fluctuate and fluctuates the price the base price of the petroleum products people don't realize that you know every if you look around your house or look around what you're doing right now most of it's from petroleum products. Every plastic, where do you think plastic comes from? Plastic comes from oil. I mean, every, you know, everyone wants to have to stay paint. What do you, how, do you, how do you paint? Where's the paint coming from? I mean, everything is like an oil economy that we've decided to do, to, to follow on. And I don't know why they, they do this every so often, but they do, they, they put the screws of the public either to jack up the prices long term, get us used to something else. I don't know. It's, 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 I saw that this is the second time I've seen it. I still don't know why they're doing it. But I'm sorry. I'm trying to turn it around and say, let's just presume they're doing it. And yes, I do know why, because it just cre- it amasses incredible wealth. But let's just say the, the well, it's not like they're not making any money. No, but let's just let's just no no no. But let's just say the slaves weren't fed fed the story of global warming, peak oil, all the things that we at at best question. Let's just say that that didn't exist. Would I, I think would people still be like, oh, we need electric cars, we need to have so? I don't think so. I think we just be, we wouldn't care then, would we? Well, what you're saying is you want to have a public that is in a psychological frame of mind. Uh, that benefits the oil companies somehow, even though they're hated. Yeah, but why are they hated? They're hated because they're perceived as destroying the earth. Yeah. But, so but that may not be true. Is, is, do you, do I'm just saying, I'm questioning. I'm, I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying that may not be true. Because no, it may not be true, but maybe it's better that we feel that way about it. Why? Be, why is that better? For, and here's the reason for that. Especially if there's no such thing as peak oil, and it's a, and it's a, it's a continuous process. 
which is possible. Yeah, the price would uh, would 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 well, drop. The through, price would drop. go down. These guys wouldn't be making money hand over fist. Yeah. Uh, so that, do you want to create this myth that there's you know that everything they do is bad? And so you pay less attention to the fact that you know these companies don't really do anything, but they're making five billion dollars a quarter in profits, and all these CEOs are billion. You know, they're not billionaires, but they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Pretty much, you know, just it's it's not a this is not a high tech business. It, right down from the sucking the oil out of the ground to sending it to an oil refinery, the stuff it, it's just not that hard. It's not a big deal. And then you know you already had the distribution channel in place for distributing all this gasoline. Which is the which is the hard part is getting distribution, and uh, and once it's all in place, it's just a money machine. It's an unbelievable money machine. It's the business you and I should be in. Hey, now you're talking. <laughs> okay. Well, you thank you. Have to do as much work. You would you know, so sit back and relax. Thing except for this. We'd have those big three hundred million dollar yachts that poop out yachts. With two helicopters on deck, two EC-135s. Mm, oh, yeah, baby. Hookers yeah, and blow. We'll, 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 you already have the, 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 the right name, Dvorakski. <laughs> and I'd be Kurisky. Yeah, nice. So I got a couple more clips of you, unless you have some funny ones. Well, no, I, well, I, I don't want to get to the end of the show and not having at least discussed the flotilla incident. Oh, right. Yeah, we have to talk about that. So let, let's do it right now. Yes. So let's get it out of the way. Okay. So here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that Turkey is getting a little bit too cozy with Iran mainly. And so this seems to be like a preemptive type type of strike. Uh I was listening to the BBC. Uh it was the um the the Turkish 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 ship uh from people on board that I heard on the BBC admit that they set sail to break the blockade to uh, be provocative. So, you know, it's like they set out to be provocative and they got, they I, I guess, I guess they got what they, ex what they were hoping to get. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole thing just reeks of one, you know, I think what's being missed here. Were they actually going to go deliver some aid, or they just want to have Israel strike and then uh, and create a whole, you know, screw Israel vibe? Because that's well, kind of what I, it feels has like. Has any reporter, uh, has anybody done any reporting on this? <sighs> well, the thing that I came across is that uh, by coincidence, which of course we know doesn't exist, uh, on the same day, uh, Turkey and Iran were shelling Turkish Kurdish rebels in northern Iraq. So it could have been like a I don't know man it's just there's a lot there's a lot of this Middle East Well, a, well Turkey is very slowly to uh, returning to a uh, uh, non-secular state. I mean there essentially was uh, since Ataturk the days of Ataturk they they had very rigid laws and rules about I mean you would you would get thrown in a Turkish prison prison if you had if you were a Muslim fundamentalist let's say okay and you had made some comments about the government or you said anything actually even if you're just a member of an Islamist organization you could be thrown in jail for then they throw the key away they did not want any of that going on in Turkey because Turkey is like when I was there last time I said we're the country that drinks and and do they um, it's a it's a it's a 
country where the where the government is non-religious is not is not connected to the to any Islam anything. And if you want to be an Islam uh, believer, you know, which is I think ninety five percent of the country, or so, uh, you just no big you, you do that, but you're not you can't be a radical. No radicals is what it was. Mm-hmm. So these guys who became who got voted in this last time kind of snuck in as kind of quasi radicals, and they kind of made it kind of clear that uh, well, you know, we're going to turn this back to where it should be, which is an Islamic Sharia uh, government and state, and we're not going to do it over night but we're going to do it and that sent off the alarms with the turkish army which did, traditionally when that happens somebody sneaks in like that the turkish army just takes over the place and they have a new elections and put somebody else in but because of this action with the eu because turkey wants to be part of the right, eu right and the eu says well you know we don't like this you put imprisoning people for no good reason for their religious beliefs we can't have that <laughs> so they're actually encouraging a, a, a islamic state the eu is literally encouraging a, an Islamic state in Turkey, and now they can't. They know that if the if the what would normally happen, which is the army says this, these guys are out of here. Uh, I think they've already arrested a general or two who is even talking about the idea. I don't know. I have to look that up again. But um, well, here's here's a couple they other. They can't vi- do anything because the EU's got them. So what's going to happen is Turkey's deteriorating, and so they're getting real cozy with these other Islamic states. So. Uh, not well. He, so he, becoming he, Jew haters. It's just the same old story, right? So here's another uh, article. Uh, so Russia is uh, now returning uh, to selling arms to Syria. Couple of MiG 29s. They're building a naval dock on the Syrian coast. And according to what's the guy's name here? Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. He said, uh, you know, Russia is reasserting itself. The Cold War is just a natural reaction to the attempt by America to dominate the world. And uh, we've got a new triple alliance, Syria, Turkey, and Iran, part of the Northern Alliance that uh, he says Damascus has been trying to construct against Israel and the U.S., with Russia now cast in the role of superpower benefactor. So this feels, in a way, like um, almost like a U.S.-Russia thing with Turkey... And Israel kind of fighting by proxy. Does that make any sense? Well, I don't know what the proxy is because Israel is going to get involved in one way or another. And Rahm Emanuel, There's by the way, just was just in Israel, probably saying, "Hey, go ahead." Who was Rahm Emanuel? Oh, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, I got the story here. Uh, White House Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel will meet Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Wednesday, that is uh, a week ago, for the White House called on Tuesday an informal discussion of range of a range of issues in the U.S.-Israel bilateral relationship. Uh, I guess uh, his son, uh, it was a bar mitzvah he was going to, or, sorry, a, yeah, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. Um, so he was there. It's just the whole thing is sketchy. Well, it's going to unfold before our very eyes. We just have to keep a look at it. But we have to assume all these things that happen are are staged events to get the attention of the media and, you know, make Israel look bad. Hold on a second, John. Oh, boy. I just lost you. Oh. They've been under embargo ever since the the Hamas took it over. Hold on a second, and, John. Just uh, just re- rewind it back to because uh, I lost you for a second for some reason. Just rewind it back to to make Israel look bad. 
Yeah, you want to make Israel look bad. You know, the media loves doing that. And, the, of course, there's the, and, the, and also to draw attention to the uh, situation in the Gaza Strip, which is this little area, a very small area at the bottom of the country, uh, butted up against Egypt. And it is, uh, which was taken over by the Hamas, and who are now rousting all the old, all their political enemies and killing them left and right. So it's like a minor civil war going on within the environment. Although I'll get a note about that. That's not true. And, um, <laughs> and, but Hamas is a terrorist organization, straight up. No problem defining them as thus. And so they've just said, screw you, we're not going to let, you know, because every time they get a bunch of, you know, they get shipments and stuff, they get a bunch of rockets and they fire them over to Israel. They've shipped, I think they've shipped or fired a couple, like a couple thousand missiles across the border when they can do it. And uh, they just don't like the, the, the they're, so they're going to try to, I don't know, the problem is it's a no-win situation for Israel because it looks like they're starving these people to death. So here's the only thing I'd like to say to the people listening to this program. Uh, when we say Israel or Turkey or America or Russia, it has nothing to do with the people or Iran. It has nothing to do with the people. The people, uh, the people don't want to get blown up. They don't want to go kill people. It's the governments that do this. It's governments, and they're all thugs, and they're gangs, and there's families behind them, and they're the ones that are jockeying for position, and we're just all pawns in it. And the stupid thing is we play along with the game. Yeah, but we get a good show out of it. Hell yeah. They do some good show prep for us. Uh, yeah, and it's endless. Endless. <laughs> it, it never ends. Cocaine uh, contamination back in the news. Oh, yeah. For those of you uh, doing hookers Flesh and blow. eating cocaine. That's, <laughs> yeah, this is, this, so this proves my point that we're going to get more zombies. Uh so this, of course, is cocaine that is laced with, uh, uh, lev- what is it, the uh, levimisole? I don't the, know what yeah, it is. It's, I, the, I, it's the, deworming, uh, the deworming stuff for I animals. I thought this was the flesh-eating one. This was a different story I saw. No, no. The, the, it actually says here, the profiles of these people whose cocaine use has resulted in hospitalization when they noticed purplish plaques on their cheeks, earlobes, legs, yeah. thighs, and buttocks. Okay is that typical is. of the toxicity of levimisole, the anti-worming agent used for cattle, sheep, and pigs. So the message is, of <laughs> course, very clear. Um, you need to get on heroin because uh, that's, what, that's what we're in the <laughs> right. business of. We yeah, need our skip, pure skip horse. Crap. Let's get rid of these gateway drugs. Really, get straight to the heroin because that's what we're importing. That's where the real dough comes from. Don't give any money to the Colombian warlords. Take it from us, straight from the fields of Afghanistan. The U.S. government brings you your poppies. Hey, everybody. Don't, have, don't eat the brown acid. Just go straight to heroin. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, that's about all I got. Okay, well, I got a couple of uh, I got some things that lighten it up since we want to not be so depressing constantly. I, now I got a couple of clips from there. The cable show was like a week or week and a half ago, I guess, maybe two weeks ago in uh, Vegas. Oh, the big uh, so uh, Natty? Is that what it is? What's the cable show? Yeah, it's Natty Fatty for something. So. <laughs> it's a big cable show. Everybody was there. Les Moonves was there. Uh, the, the CEO of Time Warner was there. And they, they were on this big panel about technology and how it's going to change things. And they said some of the dumbest things. It's like, what? You guys even, you, are you actually in this business? <laughs> play the 
CEO from Time Warner and see if you can find the very weird kind of timeline error in yep. his commentary, which is really brain dead. By okay, the way. so Time Warner, uh, who uh, own a lot of media properties, uh, also own the crappy connection uh, we were on uh, this evening. Uh Time Warner Cable. Form of the, of the yeah. product, whether it goes in this experiential venue or that one. But before we, because this is an NCTA panel, and the rules of those panels are we've got to go where no person has gone before. But before oh, we get be good. there... Well, yeah, here it comes. This is going to be... You're going to go on with an idea that you won't believe. This is, we're we're going to get our money's worth for going to Vegas and listening to these jabronis on a panel. Let's go with what is practical and a huge opportunity sitting in front of all of us. The TV world, whether it's films or networks, has been a huge invention in the United States. This group of people sitting in this room did it over the last 20 years. It's now gone all across the planet. Everywhere in the world, you see the development of these networks, let's start with networks, that create tremendous opportunities for the kind of creative experimentation and the financial support for the kind of risk-taking that it requires to make three Lord of the Rings for $350 million, to make Avatar for as long as you made it, to go and embark on that. Oh, you're good for humanity. <laughs> this guy's like he's drunk. He's going on about how television was invented 20 years ago, and it's a really good idea, and it's been it's spread all over the world now, and there's networks, and people are making money off of this television thing. And we're making Lord of the Rings, not one, not two, but three movies. <laughs> I'm thinking, what... what what is this guy? I mean, what planet is he from? So I figured, you know, there's a bunch of other guys. I figured less moon vests would be less, he'd be less inclined to just, you know, I don't know, talk out of his ass. Hey, by, by the way, let's just be honest here. Did his parents, like, have a little meeting and went like, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> let's call him Les. Because Les Moonves has such a nice little ring to it, doesn't it? Les Moonves. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny. So he has he has a little a little mistake in here that I'd like to talk about. And he's like, what? You, you, how do you come up with these comments in front of all these people? Social networking going on that has changed the world. So, so every time going back, from the beginning of the DVR, the DVR was going to be bad for content. It's going to be bad because less people were going to watch it. Every single piece of technology that has come into being has been a friend to content. The more places it is available, the better it is as long as we get paid for it appropriately. So <laughs> when you look at, and obviously for, for okay, someone as old as I am, no, it's it. overwhelming. <laughs> As long as we get paid for it appropriately. Yeah, well, they all say that. So he says the DVR. Now, he's talking about the digital video recorder or the VCR or both or what. All I know is he makes the comment that, oh, the, the, if once the DVR came out, then, it sound, then no one wants to watch television. They're never going to watch anything. It, it, it was just the opposite. I mean, the idea of the thing was so you could watch more television more conveniently. And less commercials. Well, the, with or without the commercial aspect to it, you, you could time switch, you know, on your own. It was just, now right. you could watch when you wanted right. to. So you'd watch. So who, who I've never heard this from anybody, anybody thinking that this was going to hurt television. Uh, they would hurt the, the would pirates. Hurt, the people yeah. would be pirating things, maybe. But it wasn't going to make people watch less television, which is what he said. Where does he get this? 
I think this is probably a setup, and I wish I had seen the whole panel um, to the... It, it is all about piracy. It is all about them getting paid appropriately. Um, it is yeah, well, all... They, they actually made some good comments about the fact that they learn by watching the RIAA go down the toilet. Yeah, as what not to do. As what not to do, and they said yeah. that they, were, they had a huge advantage on the RIAA because they could watch all their mistakes... And they knew that because of file size, they they got all of it. But there was these crazy offhanded comments like this one or the thing about television being 20 years old, uh, even cable. <laughs> pretty ludicrous. That. It's just nuts. So anyway. Speaking of which, um, I watched uh, Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I, don't, I don't take shit from Torrance, movies at least. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I. I. I just want to pay for it. Just give it to me in HD. I'm done. I'll pay for it. Fine. Everyone happy. You have an HD player, like an HD TV and HD cable box, so it's on demand. So you get HD. Oh, okay. And uh, and I want. And this is you know. And and Mickey hate hates movies with bombs and shit for some obvious reasons. Saying, yeah, yeah. This, this is going to be a, like a movie so with explosion. Well, because she's an actor and it's, and it won the Academy Award. Oh yeah, you have so, to watch. So you have to watch it. Okay, so we're watching this thing. And at the end of the movie, we're just sitting there stunned. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I am so embarrassed that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts Sciences, whatever the hell they are, that, that this was the winner. Because all it is is in America. Fuck yeah. We're going to kick your ass. It's you know, it's well-made movie. But there's no fucking story. It's, and by the way, it, uh, I was in Iraq for 10 days. And it was, I was like, this, has, this doesn't, this nothing, has nothing at all to do with what life is like there for for soldiers and, and Marines and people on the well, ground. This is what a lot of the... Bogus. The, fucking bogus. It was... The soldiers, a lot of people objected to this movie that were over there saying that it's bogus. So what? It, 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 the only thing it could have been was propaganda for the, uh, yeah, we're going to kick your ass. We're Americans. Look, uh, we don't, we're not afraid of bombs. We walk out there, uh, take the bomb and pull the guy out. I don't need no robots. <laughs> we just pull the ignition out. Ah, we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> and she's like, "Why you want me to go see it? It sounds like a winner." <laughs> well, it's a, it's well made, but Academy Award winning movie of the no way, no way. And you know that the I love that though that apparently it made no money because everyone's a piece of crap. Everyone everyone downloaded the torrent, and now there's this outfit that is suing people. You know, and they're successful at it. They're going after him, saying, "All right, pay me fifteen hundred dollars, or I'm taking you to court." And people are like, "Oh shit, I might Anybody as well just pay." Want to download it if it's that bad. It's a great movie. I'm not saying. I mean, if if you're, but it could have been an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. You uh-huh. know, it just it wasn't Academy Award winning stuff. In, in, in no way, no way. I was like, "Wow, man!" I was just embarrassed. That's all. I was just absolutely embarrassed. Well, I've got one last clip to end the show. Um. That it should be Emmy-winning material. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Lady Gaga. uh, Oh, yes. Trying to talk. (laughs) Yes, she was on... uh, In fact, I saw an hour-long special with her on the Fuse Network. And I will just say one thing before you get into your clip. I saw that, by the way, and she was a little more erudite. Well, can I just say something? Fractal. Complete fractal. She is speaking and acting... Exactly the way Madonna did. Oh yeah, no, she's a Madonna. It's the she's same thing. Like I'm re- I read a book before I go to bed every night. I'm not going to tell you what that book is. 
<laughs> and it's, you know, this is the House of Gaga. The House of Gaga built this. You know what? She is an Illuminati puppet. Her whole mission in life is to hypnotize the young so the Illuminati can eat them. All right, what's your That's a possibility. A long (laughs) shot, but it's a possibility. So so Larry King's got her on, and this is a classic example. This is beyond a generational rift. We're talking about, you know, somebody from another planet. (laughs) Well, also you agree in my moon bases. (laughs) Larry King is from one. She's another from, and so they try to communicate, and to make matters worse, because they're so cheap at CNN, they got they, they, whatever cheap satellite link they use. It's so far away; it creates this ridiculous pause. It's worse than our Skype. It's off. Oh, it's no comparison. <laughs> it's, like, it's completely off. The, so you get this ending. This is the end of the interview after they've tried to you know, maybe hook up together in terms of like you know communicating. <laughs> Just like, and, hey, hey, Gaga, hey. Come over to Washington, baby. I'll show you my house. Hey, Gaga. (laughs) It's the worst. You know, at the end of the day, Larry, I'd much rather not go to the Hollywood party. I'd much rather go to the pub around the corner and buy everyone a drink. So, um, so I just still do. (laughs) And I can buy you a drink when I come see you in New York. You got it. Let's get together soon, okay? Yeah. Yes, we yeah, will. Let's hang out. The king and the lady. <laughs> the king and the lady. That sounds like a movie. Yeah, let's do a movie. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Hey, Lady Gaga. Hey, Lady Gaga. I got to step it all over the clip. It's great, man. Come on. Hey, I, I got a camcorder. We can make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Lady Gaga and the king. Yeah. Uh, where's my Viagra? Well, anyone who actually saw the clip would appreciate how humorous it was. I think it's better when you see it and you and you appreciate the delay when you when you see it. I missed a little. What is that noise? Hey, two. Oh, what's going on here? Hold on. What are you doing? I don't know. I got you my... have a delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's UPS. Uh, yeah, I got like some really weird, like thunder on the lines, like th- thunder and lightning. Oh. I don't know. All so right. I got. Well, I got one more clip. You hold, on. To... hold on. Something's going Not- wrong here. Something's very wrong. Oh, yeah. Something's breaking up. Yeah. Hold on. What the fuck is that? All right. Hey, it's maybe this mic is crapping out. It's a powered mic. Maybe it's freaking out. Oh, and it uses batteries? Uh, it- no, it's powered by... Uh, it, hello? Can hello? You hear me? Hello? 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 This will be the way the show goes every week now. We never get to the end. Hello? Yeah. That's really weird. It's my mic for some reason. Well, what's wrong with it? I don't know. It's it's from China. It's from Foxconn. It has limited shelf life. Well, apparently it doesn't last the two hours it needs to last. Yeah, okay. Well, it's not on a battery. It's powered by 48 volts from the... From the Phantom Supply. Yeah, the Phantom Supply. All right. Okay. Uh, we, we appear to be back. Before, I do want you to end. You got a great clip to end with, seriously? Like a, It's not a great clip, but it's a funny clip. It's a, This is the Brazil sex tourism clip. And it's they do an, another BBC thing. They go and they find that apparently they've cracked down on sex tourism, which are these creeps that get into these package tours to go, you know, just hoard up in some place or other. And they had a bunch – apparently the Asians have cracked down on it. So Brazil – uh, is to, you're taking advantage of it, and there we've got all these these little hookers that are all over the place. These kids, <laughs> and uh, 
And so they go in and they you know, they discuss the whole thing, and it's it's kind of you know it's pathetic. But they go in and they they're going to ask the mom something, and and it's just a, I just found the thing to be unbelievable. This is, this is like another bread clip. Is this pretty much? No, this is better than the bread clip. <laughs> well, this is also BBC. Yeah, BBC. Okay. The boom in Brazil's tourism, it's estimated to be second to Thailand, is blamed on successful crackdowns across Asia. Supply is meeting demand. According to UNICEF, the city slums have produced 250,000 child prostitutes. We find Patricia again, sleeping off a night on the streets. She shares this shack with her two brothers, sister, and her mother. It's the same template. Yeah, but this has got a punchline that they didn't <laughs> pick up on. Okay, uh, too bad they didn't have some like Rio music to start off with. That would have been. They perfect. probably did at the beginning. This is the, this is the end of the clip. Okay, I'll roll it back a little bit here. Sleeping off a night on the streets, she shares this shack with her two brothers, sister, and her mother. I ask her if her daughter's work breaks her heart. If they make money, they don't bring it home, she says. No, she doesn't bring any money home. It's likely any earnings would have been spent on drugs. <laughs> okay, so so she he asks her whether it breaks her heart. There's no her breaks my heart. Where's the money? <laughs> really, it breaks my heart that she didn't give me her cash. <laughs> and this guy just rolls by it. Well, he got a free trip to Brazil. Ah, uh, what a bunch of idiots at the BBC. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh well. Does it break your heart? Where's the money? <laughs> but, hey. No bread. Cooking all day. Where's the money? Does it break your heart? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't if I had some money. <laughs> ah, the world is truly a genius place, and I'm sure that we will uh, find more lovely things to speak about, including uh, more trains good, planes bad, the assault on salt. Oh man, there's many more vaccines that will eliminate things like breast cancer on the horizon. Ah, oh, there's just so much good stuff. Yeah, we have to do the show again late on Sunday, so it'll probably be about 4 Oh, really? We're not going to be in the morning? No, we're going to be in the morning next Thursday. Well, wow. I t- <laughs> What? Wait, say that again? <laughs> do that again, though. Waka, waka, waka. What did you just say? Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> what? You, you did not mention this publicly. Oh, yes. Not publicly. Not publicly. You have not mentioned this. Okay, so let's give it actual time so the people who care about listening to it live can tune in appropriately. What let's time on Sunday? O'clock. How about 5 o'clock? Pacific Gitmo West time. Yeah. 5 o'clock. Yeah. Or you want to do it at 7 again, but I think 5 is better. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't make any plans. Well... You, you're I'm just springing you this either. on me. You're just springing it on me. I mean, it's like, and what is so important? I'm not going. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be like traveling uh, in, in the morning. I'll be here after twelve, but I'm. You know, I don't want to do the show at noon. Okay. Well, just so you know, I I always adjust my plans to the show. Yes. Okay. Well, not everyone cares as much about the show, apparently. I care more than you do. <laughs> that's that's hogwash. Oh, hogwash? What a thing to say. You jabroni. Andrew McKinnon, he cares about the show. Our series producer. That's a guy who cares about the show. He's a triple knight, you know. Yes, series producer. Okay. Coming to you from um, the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, where darkness has set in, finally. In Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, yeah, I'm Adam Curry. And holy crap, it's dark here too, Batman. 
<laughs> if I only I could reach my utility belt. What's your name? What? What's your name? What's my name? I stepped on you. What's your name? Karzak. <laughs> What's your name? End with your name. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again Sunday evening, because some of us can't make it in the morning, right here on No Agenda. No Agenda.